Welcome back. It's Locked On Chiefs for a midweek show. As Chiefs training camp is officially about to begin, we're going to go over what is going on out there. A couple of bits and pieces as the team arrived uh, on Monday and into Tuesday. Get ready for their conditioning test on Tuesday. Uh, nobody looks forward to that, but I think that they're going to have a time, good time. We're going to see where they're at and what they're talking about coming up next on Locked On Chiefs. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. Welcome back, folks. It's the day you've been waiting for today. On Wednesday, you are going to see the team practice. Now, this will be out a little bit before that. So, uh, you know, just hold your breath a little bit longer. But they're back and they're about to start going. Um, this is always a day that I, I like to talk about what the little things are to get you ready for camp. Everybody's moved in. They brought their TVs and moved their box fans in. But this is conditioning test day. Uh, for me, this is always something that even as a coach, I didn't look forward to because when, you, when you're the guy on the line, as they're coming in and they get two seconds, two, you know, one second, now they're even, then everybody after that, you have to tell them, no, you missed it. No, you missed it. No, you missed it. You got to do this again. This is not a fun thing for a for a low level coach to have to tell guys at this point in the heat. Yeah, in the heat, and then also you know you're talking you're talking about guys that are you know a lot bigger than you probably as well. So that's not fun either. <laughs> in my case, that that was pretty much everyone. Yep, pretty much. That's just the way that it goes. But they are in camp. Uh, some of the veterans started coming in Monday. We saw more on Tuesday. Uh, with the training con- uh, conditioning test out of the way, th- they're ready to go. And by the time, um, if you all are listening to this on your morning commute, you will be just about ready with them. 9.15, the whole camp starts uh, as is their normal schedule. They're going to do that all uh, summer long, except for I think it's the last day. They did change that to an 8.15 start for Military Appreciation Day, just so everybody knows if you have tickets for the 18th of August, uh, it is going to be an earlier start. but. That said, like this is this is a time, and you know, hopefully we won't run into Tyron or anything this this year, um, like we did last time we were at camp. Um, we didn't run into him. Well, nearly, <laughs> but uh, one way or the other, uh, I think it's going to be subdued. To tell you the truth, like uh, less fans. There's that new hill on the backside, so I think there's a little bit more room for people to spread out. Um, I think that's a solid thing, but it's going to feel different. I think. It's definitely going to feel different. I'm really curious to see how they end up doing it this year because they have to spread people out. That's the only way you're going to be able to do it with the different protocols that I imagine they're going to have in place. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see too. Um, Again, this is a ticketed event. If you haven't heard that, you can go uh, on the Chiefs Kingdom Rewards and uh, sign up, or I think they call it reserve a ticket. Um, There are still, uh, there's only a couple of days so far that I've seen that are sold out. So you still have a shot. You can go get that done. Um, but again, it, it's a little bit different. I, I feel like like they, they finished off the last day of even rookie camp and they cut practice short um, just to try to get it done and get out of there. And no injuries. I feel like this camp in particular feels like everybody's happy just to be back there and have a training camp. It feels like it's going to be a little bit lighter, a little bit more business-like. Well, and I think it's part that. I think it's also part that they want to get the bad taste out of their mouth and this is the way to do it. Yeah. I mean, when you when you lose other than the Super Bowl 
everything leading up to it, you don't necessarily have as sour or as bitter a taste in your mouth. When you lose a Super Bowl, especially the way the Chiefs did, that's got to be very, very difficult to accept. Yeah, it makes things, I mean, (laughs) it's painful, right? I mean, this is what you do. This is what you pour your heart and soul into. You are a professional at this point, and that's what you have to get to. So I I can understand how that takes a while to get over, but fresh start. We've heard a lot of players talk about the fact that um, even Juan Thornhill the other day that, you know, that the Super Bowl was rough and it's, it's not something they've gotten over. And I think honestly, at this point, I haven't heard anything that makes me think that it's negative. I feel pretty good about the energy that they're bringing to it and keeping that in the back of their minds. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I would say that what you have to worry about going into this and, and I'm glad you bring up Juan Thornhill and him talking about it because it's got to be bitter, really bittersweet for him because he wasn't able to play in the one that they actually won. Yeah. Yeah, and now he's able to play, and they lose, and they lose as bad as they did. It's it's difficult. I I can only imagine. I wouldn't want to be in that situation, but hopefully that can fuel them forward on what they're going to do this year. And there's a lot to get done, you know, when you think about it. At the end of the day, it's more positions that we've talked about probably in the last couple of preseasons being up for grabs. And clearly, uh, as as a team, trying to get that turned around, both offense and defense and there's going to be plenty we're going to talk about some of those details um particularly on the offensive side because we're hearing from those guys but a little bit as well uh on the defense we heard earlier this week from a couple of players as they were coming into camp we'll get to that here in a minute but first i'm gonna tell you about betonline.ag the fastest easiest way to get you into your sports action get that booked with betonline.ag uh all the sports news uh odds bonuses for major league baseball basketball there'll be i'm sure march madness again um and obviously now with the football season starting a ton of action out there don't sit on the sidelines get yourself in the game by going over there and right now if you use our promo code locked on uh you get a 50 percent deposit bonus you put in 100 bucks you get 50 on top of it from betonline.ag your online sportsbook expert go over there use that promo code locked on so as guys reported um, very, very, uh, I don't know. It feels kind of anticlimactic after, you know, the entrances that we've seen to uh, player arrivals the last few years. I mean, obviously not last, but, uh, mm-hmm. Orlando Brown, Cole Hardman, Anthony Hitchens, they all kind of leaked in there on Monday and actually had some things to, to say to the press. I thought that was good. Get that yeah. out of the way. Yeah. You want to be able to do those kinds of conversations and, uh, you know, get their thoughts out there. And Orlando Brown coming in as a new player in Kansas City, I think it's going to be good for him to get in front of the media and really um, latch on to that because I think that he's going to be here for a very long time, and I think that they're going to try to build this line around him. Yeah, and they should. Um, I don't know that it's going to be an easy transition. There's a lot of folks that want to just pencil him in. And I said this on a live stream the other night. Like, It's going to be, I think, a curve. I don't think he's going to walk in and be as high caliber as he was in Baltimore right off the bat, because this is a different offense. He's asked to do different things. The past sets alone, I think are going to be enough of a challenge that we might not see him get all the way fully up to to speed till, you know, maybe a quarter way through the season, something like that. I I just don't want to put the expectation that he's uh, 100% as he was in Baltimore, like on day one. Right. And I don't think that would be a fair thing to do to him. So, you know, I'm really curious to see how they go about that and 
and what they're going to do with him. I do think that this offensive line is going to change the way that they block and and really the way they attack defenses. So it's going to be fun to watch how they really change things this season. Mm -hmm. And I I like the way you put that, uh, that they can attack the defense a little bit more. Um, I would say that that's something that, that Orlando did in Baltimore a little bit more than what we've seen the Chiefs do. This well, hybridization is going to be interesting. Yeah, it, it is. And I think that you're also sitting here looking at a situation where in the past they really haven't had the guys that are more power. They're more finesse. They have, they've had finesse guys. And I think that at this point you're going to see more of a power offense. It's not going to be a power type running scheme, but there's going to be more power elements to it. And I think that's going to help. I, I agree. And I hope that that leads to a little bit more run play call um, for the sake of the quarterback as well as my own personal enjoyment. You would. Um, <clears throat> but let's keep some hits off of the kid, right? I mean, it's, it's a tough start to the season, but I think if you can do that, run the ball a little bit more early in the season, I think that will help the overall physicality of what Pat Mahomes is going to have to go through. Yeah, he's going to have to deal with a lot this season. And Early on, I think it could be even harder than we expect it to be just because you're getting a completely new offensive line together. Um, you're going to have new starters, I think, in every single position. Uh, I still don't know that LDT – we don't know anything about where LDT is going to land in any of this. We don't know where Kyle Long is going to land in any of this right now. Um, I still don't think Rimmers is going to be your starting right tackle, although there are people out there that do. So, to me, I think you could have all five new starters this year. And definitely you're going to have five new starters from what you started with last year. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. And we've spent a lot of time talking about the right-hand side of the the line itself. But interesting, Orlando Brown was asked on Monday about his relationship with Joe Tooney. And that's that's something that even I have almost written off because it's two Pro Bowl-level players. You know, like it's a little taken for granted. Hey, they're going to figure it out. They're going to get in their rhythm, get their chemistry. But – uh, he had some nice things to say about him that they've spent some time working together and they've been they've hung out off the field already and that they get along well and he's got nothing bad to say about him. I'm trying to paraphrase here because I don't want to read the quote word for word. But I mean, that's something that especially for guys that um, have had success in other programs, uh, other styles of offense to get together. Uh, sometimes we just take it for granted that that's going to be an easy click and get going. But it sounds like they're off to a good start, and I think that should be a relief for not only Patrick, but for all of Chiefs' kingdom. And I would agree with that. I think that it's going to be very fun to watch those two grow because you're right, they're both Pro Bowl players, and we do take it for granted that it's kind of plug-and-play, and it's never plug-and-play when you talk about NFL players. Yeah, you go look at Madden, you can plug-and-play. If they have great stats, they're going to be fine. But chemistry really is a thing that you do not have uh, with some people and I think that that's a very important thing that they actually get on the same page and I'm glad to hear that they're hanging out outside of you know work because they're going to have to have a close relationship to be on the same page and to be able to work together and get where they want to go because I guarantee you both those guys want to be in the Super Bowl again yeah. or sorry both those guys want to be in the Super Bowl I guess I can't say again I guess that's true right you, you almost take that for granted and, and it's funny that that unit in particular you got to get that chemistry going. Uh, we're going to see on the franchise, I guess, they're following around Andrew Wiley. So um, there'll be some some crossover there. I'm sure we'll get a little bit from all of the guys in that room. But that room is going to have a lot of focus on it for the next few weeks. Uh, what, what do they break on the 18th? So 
we're looking at three straight weeks where we're going to hear a lot from them. And there are other things going on as well. So I think when we get back, I, I want to talk about in particular, the guy that I think we've mentioned it, but we haven't put like just how pivotal this season is for him. We'll talk about McCole Hardman on the backside of this. Bill Bar is the best tasty protein bar ever. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Did you know that I had nine different flavors? Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, to name a few. So there's something for everyone. My favorite is the chocolate, Is sorry, the coconut brownie chunk. Uh, if you have a chance to try that, you need to try that flavor. It is absolutely delicious. Not only are Bill Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. A couple of the flavors have 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll receive 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Yes, I will. And yes, I have. Over and over and over. <laughs> right. That is the way that it goes. <laughs> Another piece. And I, and I know, thank you for taking the time, folks. We're recording this late because Chris has been moving and we're just trying to squeeze these in where we can. Um, we haven't said enough about that. So thank you for the effort. But uh, the other guy that we haven't talked enough about, I think, is there's so much focus on who's going to be the third receiver, who's going to run the X, who's going to get the man coverage, right? Who's going to get people in his face? That we haven't talked enough about McCole Hardman, I think, because it's a crossroads season for him. And I think the team ex- has expectations, but h- how do you feel about it for him? So I'm kind of curious. You said the third wide receiver. Does that pencil him in as the second? Because I think that's not really realistic or fair right now, honestly. I, I think, well, there's two ways of looking at this. Uh, people, and, and I usually refer to it as the second because it's, uh, you know, uh, in terms of the way that you lay out routes. Right. It's a guy on the line of scrimmage, so it's a one and a two, and then the slot is always considered the third. But in the Chiefs' case, when you have Tyreek Hill and you have McCole Hardman as, as the heirs apparent, you know, like they have their roles. So, yeah, it's technically one and three, but we know two of those top three who those people are. It's the question mark that then that kind of takes over and has taken over the conversation all summer. But at this point, do we really know who the third is? The second or third? Because honestly, you're right when you talk about McCole Hardman, he is at a crossroads. And I believe he probably should be the second or third wide receiver. But is he going to be? Do you have doubts? <clears throat> I question it. Yeah. I mean, you saw what he did in the Super Bowl. He wasn't where he was supposed to be. And, and that isn't new for him. Yeah. Um, so uh, one of the things that Andy Reid has always preached, in, at least in my mind, is that, uh, you know, you have to know where you're supposed to be and you have to be there. All the speed in the world doesn't matter if you can't get to where you're supposed to be or you're not where you're supposed to be because you don't understand what you're supposed to be doing or you just don't run the route you're supposed to. And <clears throat> there's been people watching uh, his off season and, and what he's been doing in, in his routes in the off season. And it doesn't really look like his route running has improved, at least from what we've seen on video. So I hope that that's changed. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because when he spoke on Monday, 
Um, he, he, that was the first thing that he brought up is, is making sure that he's improving what he's doing in route running, that he can run the whole tree. And this is the, the one that stood out to me that he's more aware of coverages. And I think that's for me, that's what I see when I watch him on film is just not being able to make the adjustments to, to compensate for what they're getting. And that's all well and good. Hopefully his actual footwork is getting better and he's getting out of his brakes cleaner. That'll help. But he went on to say, too, that when asked if he if he got to train with Mahomes, he said, we just were never in the same vicinity and we'll get it in camp. And, and I wonder for you, knowing what you just said, do you feel that that's enough? Do you feel that that's enough effort for a guy that should be feeling some pressure right now? No, personally, I don't. Um... I know that there's a lot of Chiefs Kingdom that doesn't think he's ever going to be more than what he already has been. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's certainly a possibility if he doesn't take a big step forward this year. So <clears throat> he's in a he's in a very big situation for him this year. And I'm not saying he's not going to be on the team because I think obviously he'll be on the team. Um, and I think he'll be on the team next year as well because he's still under the rookie contract. But, you know, if Byron Pringle or Demarcus Robinson or – Powell decided that they want to show up and they're going to really challenge him. It's not going to shock me to see Cole Hardman running as a four because to me, he's never really differentiated himself. He's got all the speed in the world and could be fantastic, but it's the small things that are going to make him make or break him in this offense. And if he's not willing to put himself in the same vicinity as Patrick in the off season, that says a lot. Especially when Patrick trains in Kansas city a lot. I mean, not exclusively. He was down in Dallas and stuff and elsewhere, but still, um, that well, part should make it easy. Right. And, in, you know, you are a pro football player year-round. There is no such thing as being a pro football player just during the season or just during, you know, training camp to the end of the season. You're a pro football player all year-round. If you want to be in this league, that's what you have to do. And honestly, talent-wise, I think he has the ability to be a guy that, I don't think he's going to be on Tyree Kill's level, but I think he has he has the speed to be close to Tyree Kill in that aspect of his game. But he hasn't taken a step forward like Hill ever did, like Hill did when it came to route running and the small things and, and being a wide receiver. And if Hardman does that, I do think he has the ability to possibly be a very, very high level of receiver and even maybe make a Pro Bowl or two. <clears throat> but that's just He's got to apply himself. And I'm talking like as a wide receiver, not as a returner. Right. Because for me, I, I would make that, that that what you just said right there is the differentiation between being a good deep threat and being a good all-around receiver that can hurt any team in some way. For me, the other thing that he said that was really interesting, and normally I would want a guy in this situation to come into camp relaxed and ready to go and like in a mental state to just get rolling. But for me, I kind of feel like he needs to have a sense of urgency, like you were saying. And when asked about it, he's like, no, I don't feel any pressure. I'm just going to come in and do my job. We'll get better as days go by. So just day to day. I, I That falls a little flat for me. I think it's going to fall flat for him, too, if that's his attitude that he's taken. Uh, and honestly, I'm not trying to be harsh on the on the kid. I like him. I think... He has a ton of talent, like I said. I've already said that multiple times. I'll say it again. He has a ton of talent. But the NFL is not about who's the most talented. 
It's about who has the most talent that's willing to work at it the most. And say what you want about Tyreek Hill, say what you want about his past. <clears throat> we found out a lot of that afterwards that doesn't seem to really be him. But beyond that, you start looking at the talent he has. He had the ability to come in and be a Pro Bowl wide receiver. I honestly think he has made it to where he has the ability to be close to an all-pro wide receiver just because he has the ability to get in and out of his cuts. He knows where he's supposed to be. Mahomes trusts him, and that in and of itself is going to be huge every single game. His ability when the play breaks down is unique. We've seen Hardman make some plays in that situation. We've seen Robinson make some plays in that situation, but Tyreek's just on a different level, I think, with how (laughs) what he does for Patrick. Well, we'd like to know what you guys think. How do you feel about where McCole Hardman is? Um, Do you think that he is the number two square away um, today, and does he need to keep earning that? Uh, You can hit it locked on Chiefs on Twitter. You can put it in iTunes review. We'd love to hear what you like of this format now that we've tweaked it a little bit for the YouTube audience. Uh, And if you are... Please go subscribe. Exactly. Uh, Hit the like and the bell notification too. The nice thing about YouTube is it'll tell you when something comes out if you have the notifications turned on. And then we are going to continue. We're ramping up as the season's about to take off for everything that we're going to be here for you five days a week on Amazon, on Spotify, on Apple, just like always. So tell your friends, spread the word. There's a lot of new Chiefs fans. We might as well make them new locked on Chiefs fans as well. And come back on Friday and you'll actually see a better version of my studio because I'll actually have things set up. So, Oh, nice. <clears throat> well, I mean, you know. <laughs> I didn't really have any time, so... You're making promises now. Look out. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I've, I finally found all the stuff I needed for the desk, so... There you go. Um, I will be good to go. Rock on. And folks, Matt Derrick will be here tomorrow, so that uh, we hope that you have a good evening and are enjoying this. Get ready for camp. It's here. We'll talk to you next time. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.